As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. London's ultra-low emission zone. It's expanding by the end of 2023 and it's likely to be the most controversial such move among drivers since Ken Livingstone's western extension to the congestion charge. But what is the ULES? How will it affect your health and your bank balance? It's Mayor Sadiq Khan's plan to cut air pollution in the capital by charging a levy on vehicles that don't meet emissions standards. It's been operating in central London for six months, bordered by the north and south circular roads. But before we get into the here and now, what's the Mayor's plan for the future of driving in the capital? The long-term and fairest solution to these challenges in London will be smart road user charging. This would allow us to scrap all the current schemes, such as the congestion charge and the ultra-low emission zone, and instead charge motorists depending on how much they drive and how clean their vehicles are. Now we're joined by Dr Gary Fuller, an air pollution scientist at Imperial College London, who runs a fantastic online resource called London Air that's well worth checking out. So Gary, what's the ULES all about? These low emission or clean air zones, I think, are often quite misunderstood. When you read about them a lot or your typical experience of them as a driver or a delivery driver or car driver or or whatever, then you see them often as a charging scheme. And sometimes they're portrayed as a tax, for instance. And they're really not. The whole primary purpose of them really is that no vehicle within the zone should be paying to be there. What they're trying to do is to drive an upgrade in the vehicles that are inside the zone so that they're less polluting. And 
a lot of the benefits that come from certainly the ultra low emission zone as it was uh, set up initially in central London come not from private vehicles, but come from the massive upgrades that the mayor did to the fleets that they control. So for instance, upgrading the bus fleet and working with the taxi industry, as well as all of the delivery vehicles that use these areas, upgrading themselves before the actual charging comes into play. I guess a lot of drivers might say this is just another tax on them. Most of the effect doesn't come from the actual charging. It comes from operators' vehicles, buses, taxis, delivery vehicles, um, and to a lesser extent, people upgrading their vehicles before the zone starts. You've also got to think where all the money goes, and it goes back into transport. And goodness me, we see a lot in the media about Transport for London and its funding issues. So all of the funding from things like the ULES go back into that. And do you have any evidence regarding effectiveness from similar ULES schemes elsewhere in the world? The track record from these schemes in other places is that this sort of idea that air pollution gets worse around the zone doesn't happen. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The benefits from the zone spread into the areas around it. So if you think about the central London ULES, a lot of bus routes and all of the deliveries that happen within that central area also have to transit through inner London to get there. And so if you will upgrade the vehicles in the central area, then the benefits spread. So this has been found in Germany, where they have a lot of low emission zones that they also find a benefit in the areas immediately around them. And it was found in London as well. I mean, we've been doing the original London low emission zone was in 2008 and applied to heavy goods vehicles for the most part. And it transformed London's heavy goods vehicles because before that, London had one of the oldest goods vehicle delivery fleets in the country, second only to about Cornwall. And it really caused an advancement in that. And that spread into the home counties as well. So from the London low emission zone around 2008 and its additions up to about 2012 also helped air pollution pretty much through all of the southeast as well. Now let's talk about a resource that's very useful on the London Air website. That's colour-coded maps showing the capital's best and worst spots for toxic air. How does it work? Everyone listening to the podcast, I think it's really difficult. You know, I often frame and is in the, is actually the title of my book, Air Pollution is Invisible Killer. It's so hard to see where it is around you. So one of the things we did to make this easier is to produce a pollution map for London. So we do this working with the mayor's office and transport for London. And we produce this 20 metre by 20 metre sort of grid scale map. So you can see where the most polluted roads are and it becomes obvious once you look at it for a while that there's different ways to get about and that's really the power of it. You know, you could think, oh, should I walk along a back road to get from A to B or should I walk through the park? So for instance, I, I was um, I took a train into Houston the other day and needed to get to St Pancras and there's two ways to walk between them. One is to walk along Euston Road and the other one is to walk one set of roads back where we've worked with urban partners to establish this 
walking route and you can halve your pollution exposure. But it's really difficult to see that just on the ground. So that's the power of the map. The other thing we do with the map is that we have this map of what air pollution looks like for the whole year. But that doesn't help you so much with your decision about which way am I going to go, you know, when I go to work or when I go to the shops or or whatever right now. So what we do is we use all of the data that we get from the measurement networks that we're connected with working with the London boroughs and we warp the map surface every hour. So every hour you can look on London Air and you can get not just a pollution map of what air pollution is like generally, but you can get a map of what air pollution is like now. And uh, you can make your decisions on, let's say, do I want to go through the park today? Do I want to take a side road? What do you make of the mayor's school street scheme to stop cars being used on the school run? I think school streets are fantastic. We did a study in East London where we measured the lung growth of children. And we found that children growing up in the most polluted areas are growing smaller lungs. And that difference is about the volume of two hen's eggs. And this might be really significant later on in their lives. So anything that can be done to reduce the exposure of children to air pollution is really important. And they spend a lot of time at school. So reducing exposure on those roads is really important. But also, So we want to encourage kids to come to school in sustainable ways. I mean, I've got the option. I could drive my kid to school when she was little, or we could have walked up the road and we played games of jumping over the cracks on the pavement and counting the red front doors. So taking my daughter to school was a really good fun thing for me as a dad and daughter thing, which you don't get if you're driving and sitting in a car in traffic. And finally, what's your data showing on how pollution levels have changed from the peak of the pandemic compared to now? Yeah, certainly the pandemic had a huge impact on air pollution in London. Air pollution, certainly in the central areas next to traffic, or at least nitrogen dioxide, so a big traffic pollutant, plunged by a huge amount. The most improved places saw air pollution improve by about 60%. And that's not just the trafficked areas in central London. Some of the biggest improvement in air pollution happened around London's two airports, Heathrow and Gatwick. There was less improvement in outer London. And then as life began to get back to normal, we began to move back to much more normal air pollution, sadly. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 